Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. We've been in a series, you know, and, and frankly, man, I could see this thing going for a year, you know? I mean, where do you draw the line? Where do you stop? I guess we just do our best to follow him and, and, and know what we should communicate and everything, but, but I'm enjoying this series because it's heightening my awareness of Holy Spirit in me. And, and this is what our series is. It's called Holy Spirit. We're talking about, about Him. We're talking about who He is. We're talking about what He does in our life. We're, we've been saying this. We said it every week. We said this, that He's not just an influence. He's not just some, some electrical you know, power in the earth. He is that, but that isn't, he, He's a person. He is a person. He does all these things, but let's not look at what he does. Let's look at who he is and then know what he does. You know, make it our quest to know him. Just like, just like if we were the disciples walking on the shores of Galilee and we had Jesus with us, you know what their, their constant endeavor was is just to know him better, you know, to hang out with him. And it, it just came. How did it come? Did it come by them just, you know, studying and, and sweating and trying to figure it out? No, it came by just living life and allowing him in their lives. You know, they walked, they walked through daily life. I mean, you know, they, they did dumb things right in front of them, you know. And unfortunately for them, it gets recorded in the Bible. You ever wonder, did Peter put something, you know, or did, 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 did John put things in there about Peter just because he's like, ah. No, anyway, he was a love guy, so I'm sure he was all cool. But, 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 um, but anyway, you get to know Holy Spirit, you know, just day in, day out. Be aware of him. And, and work together with him in life. And, and uh, in John 14, we've, this has kind of been a key one in verse 16 and 17. You know, I find that Jesus, he did a lot of teaching before he left the planet. He did a lot of teaching with his disciples to prepare them to enter into this new phase of ministry and to enter into this, this time that we all live in now where Holy Spirit is, is, is helping us. And Jesus said this in John 14. He says, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper, you know, another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. Can you say this? Say, he's living in me. He's living in me. If you're born again, if you've prayed and asked Jesus to be your Lord and receive the free gift of salvation, that's one of the things that's, that's true right now is, is Holy Spirit is living in you. And everywhere you go, he's going with you. And he'll help you. He'll help you. Sometimes he helps me, and I'm not even aware. I, 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 can, I get caught up. I, I think I'm doing something great. And then I look back and I think, oh, he was helping me, you know? That, that is great. That is great. I, I was sitting with somebody this week who, um, well, they're in like a hospice, okay? And, and uh, so he, 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 he was kind of floating in and out. And at one point, he, he just sat up and he says, I've got a question for you. I said, I'm here. What do you got? And he said, uh, what do you think? He says, uh, how can we preach the word in a way that people will receive it? And I mean, this is a big question this guy has. I mean, 
he's, he's looking at eternity ahead. And he's got a question for me. And I'm like, wow, you know, the pressure's on. I better think about this one. But right away, I looked at him. I said, well, you know what? He says, it's totally being dependent on the Holy Ghost. It's totally being dependent on him. He said, I said, you know, there's no fancy way we can just deliver the word. You just got to be you. And you got to trust Holy Spirit to work in you and through you. Somehow God has made it such a way that we always need to be dependent on him. In all the things we do in life. You know, uh, I can never get too big of a head because all of a sudden I'm struck with the reality of who I really am in myself. You know what I mean? And, and, and uh, I go, oh, wow. But I'll tell you what, be struck with the reality of who you are in Christ. Be struck with the reality, and that's what Holy Ghost does in us. Holy Spirit, he brings those things to life. He shows you, he says, whoa, Paul, he says, you've been looking in the mirror lately. You look in Christ lately. You're looking good in him. But then, you know, you step away from the mirror, and it's like looking like look one of them uh, carnival mirrors. They're going, and I'm going, ah! So I get over here, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm looking all right. Looking good in him. Looking good in Christ. You know, I, I, a little bit of review. I've got a place we're going we're gonna to go towards in today and the next week, but uh, a little bit of review is, is this. In walking with him, he wants to and is here to lead us in all the affairs of life. And you say, well, I think he's just here to lead us in ministry. I think he trains us by, by leading us in all the affairs of life, you know? I think that as we learn to hear his voice in the little areas, it isn't as big a stretch for us as people to step into some of the bigger areas of ministry, okay? Now, again, don't get weird. I know you guys don't. I would probably get weird before anybody, I suppose. But, you know, don't think, well, you know, Holy Ghost, what should I put on today? You know, or what should I eat? He might tell you what to eat. He might tell you what you're supposed to wear. But don't get into some bog where, you know, I can't make a move, you know. As I walk through life, I find if I'm making a wrong move, there's like an eh that goes off in my heart. And he says, don't go doing that, okay? And I've learned to hear him that way. And, you know, it's a way you can follow him. In Romans 8, 14, I just want to read this. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Verse 15, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I like that in the first verse we read, it says as many you know, as are led by the, the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It is not an unusual thing for a Christian to be led by God, okay? It ought to be normal. It ought to be just normal. Well, do you breathe air? Yeah. Well, are you a child of God? Yeah. Well, then you are led by the Spirit of God, okay? It's possible as a child of God to ignore Him and harden your heart you know, how do you do that? Well, just by constantly ignoring him, you can harden your heart to him. It doesn't mean you're going to go to hell. It doesn't mean that you're not a, a born again. It doesn't mean, you know, a lot of things that people might try to make it mean. But what it means is that you're at a handicap in life. 
you're at a handicap in that you can't do what God intended you to do, and that was to be led by the Spirit of God, okay? You know, sometimes he'll tell you things that, that seem so insignificant. And again, a, a, a question I ask myself quite often when I'm being prompted to do something is what would it hurt? You know, usually the only thing it might hurt is my pride, you know? Usually the only thing it might do is maybe embarrass me, and I don't embarrass real easy, okay? But, but then I look at the consequences as maybe it would help somebody, and that could, could push me over to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and obey this prompting. If I miss it, how many have ever missed it before? Anybody? I think everybody's hand would go up because maybe sometimes we're eager to do good, and we, we did something dumb or whatever. Hey, don't get over it. If you've missed it before, get over it. No, hey, this is just life. We're going forward. We're not going to camp on some mistake. We're going to go forward, and we're going, to do, we're going to do stuff right in the future. Praise the Lord. John 16, 13, again, Jesus talking about Holy Spirit. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he'll tell you things to come. So, again, Holy Spirit will work in our life. He'll show us truth. He'll reveal truth to us, and he'll show us and tell us things to come, okay? Things to come. He doesn't tell you everything, okay? He, you're not a fortune teller, okay? But I tell you, when it comes to your life, when it comes to your life, he'll speak things to you of the future. He'll show you things to come. Again, this is not weird. This is normal. This is the way Jesus said it would be, okay? Now, in 1 John 5, 10, I wanted to read this one because I came across it, and it was such a good verse. It says this in 1 John 5, 10. It says, He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. And he who does not believe God has made him a liar because he's not believed the testimony that God has given his son. I like that, though. It says, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Again, in, in Romans, when the Apostle Paul was talking about this, he said that the, the way the Spirit of God primarily leads us is he bears witness with their spirit. And here in 1 John, he says that everyone that, that believes in him has the witness, has the witness. Say, I've got the witness. See, you have not been exempted from this. You have what it takes to hear God. I'll tell you, the youngest believer, the, the, you know, you got born again five seconds ago, you can hear God, okay? You know, well, you know, but, but I haven't walked with him for, no, you can hear him right away. You know, just like a baby, you know, being born, you know, can, can, can hear his parents' voice, you know? Uh, you know, just like, like, like any of us, man, we can, hear, we can hear the Holy Ghost. We can hear him speak to us. Here's the deal. Is that in this life, on planet Earth, God has a plan for each one of us. God has a plan for, for you. He has a plan for me. Now, I've found, you know, that it's an adventure walking with him. And I look back, you know, 30 years ago or, or so, and, and maybe I should say, well, anyway, 30 years ago, I remember looking back, you know, and God speaking things to me. I didn't have total clarity, but I had a general direction. And as steps came in my life, we'd pray about things, 
and we'd have peace and certainty and would follow him that way. You know, being married, you know, with, with you know, having a wife, Dana, you know, it's, it's brought a new element to following God for me in that I, I check with her too. I say, what's God showing you? Because one thing I've learned is this, God isn't going to speak, you know, for a husband to go live in Africa and for the wife to live in Wisconsin, okay? Holy <laughs> did I get that across right? God isn't going to split you up, okay? He isn't going to cause you to go and, and, you know, and be something and then your wife be something else. He's going to call you together, all right? That doesn't mean you're going to be every minute with your wife or anything like that. But do you know what I'm saying by that? You know what I'm saying? You know, in my life, he wasn't going to call me to come to Menominee and be a pastor and have Dana be back in, in Minneapolis, you know, doing her thing there. He called us together. He called us together. So when I have direction in my heart, you know, I, I'll often go to Dana and say, Dana, do you, what do you think of this? How's this hit you? You know, what are you hearing? How do you hear God in this area? And I'll listen to her. And then, you know, if we're not in absolute agreement, then I say, let's pray about this for a while. You know, let's, let's bring this before God. Let, let Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. Let him show us, you know. And, and uh, you know, God has, has done that for us over the years. He makes things clear. Revelation 2.7. Jesus, again, talking, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes, I'll give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The part I wanted to read is it says he's talking to the church. That's what the first chapters of Revelation are about. They're, they're messages to the church. And he says this to the church. He says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Then in Mark 4.23 Again, Jesus said this, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you meet, it will be measured to you. And, and to uh, you who hear, more will be given. More will be given. So, again, he's talking about hearing Holy Spirit. He says this, Does anyone have an ear? He says, Let him hear. Let him hear. What I want to say is this, You can train your ear to hear. Did you hear me? You can train your ear to hear. The truth is, we've already read this, that you all have the witness. You all have the witness. You know, and, and, and Paul said this, that if you're a son of God, you're led by the Spirit of God. And he'll bear witness with your spirit. Jesus says, if you have an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit says. So you have ears, and ears can be trained, okay? Just like other senses in your body can be trained. You ever watch uh, food shows, Food Network? Is it safe to talk about food in church? You know, you're not going to all think about the roast in the oven or something. Anyway, sometimes, you know, we've watched these food shows and things. And some of these people are like trained, these trained chefs. And what makes them really good is their palate. You know, their palate. They're able to taste things that, that I probably wouldn't even catch, you know? And, and, and they taste it and they go, oh, well, you've used this ingredient and this ingredient. And I'm kind of amazed because to me, it's just like 
It tastes like the ingredient that I'm tasting, you know, but they taste all these little things. Well, it didn't happen overnight. They didn't come out, you know, two years old trying Gerber and say, wow, what did they put in the Gerber today, you know? No, but they've trained their senses to be acutely aware to different things. You know, just like music, people can be that way too, you know. Uh, uh, Pastor Stephen has got a really good ear for music. And, and he hears things that I don't hear, you know, because he's trained his ears to hear. Well, you can train your ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Are you out there today? You say, well, Pastor, how can I do that? Well, you know, in the past, I was looking back, I've taught on, on some different ways you can do it, but can I say it this way? One of the best ways you can train yourself to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying is learn to yield to Him. Learn to yield to Him, okay? You know what it means to yield to, to something? If you're driving in a car and you come upon a, a, an intersection or, or a, a, a fork in the road or something or, or, or an, an on, on uh, what do they call it, a freeway entrance ramp, okay? You know, or maybe it's in the highway or something, so it isn't a freeway. I don't know if freeways even put this up anymore. They figure everybody knows it. But they used to say, they used to have signs that said, yield to oncoming traffic. Yield to oncoming traffic. So that does not mean that I should just grab the wheel, step on the gas and say, let her roll, baby, I'm coming. What it means is that as I approach whatever it is, the intersection or the, the oncoming road, is that, that I'm aware of the traffic there. And I will find my place in the flow of what's going on here. So, as I said, you know, as you, we want to train our ears to hear Holy Spirit, one of the best ways I can tell all of us to do that is to practice yielding to Him. As we yield to Him, our sensitivity meter goes way up and we'll be aware of Him. Are you hearing me this morning? Is that making sense? I'm throwing it out there because it's the truth. Um, all right. Let me see. I want to go there. Hey, we have a race to run. We have a, 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 a fight to fight, a race to run. Paul said this at the end of his life in, in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. We all have a course to run. We have a faith to keep, you know, and it isn't about watching what the other people are doing, you know, it's about running our race. I, I've heard this from people that run track, that one of the surest ways to lose a track meet is to be running and then you try to try to look at what everybody else is doing. As you're running, you know, you turn around and you look at where they are and you look at where they are. That's a way to lose. The way to win the race is to run your race. To hear Holy Spirit and stay on your course and be like Paul that comes to the end of his life and says, I've, I've run my race, I've finished my course. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll dig into what I've got this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, and we're probably going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for like a month. <laughs> 
Okay. And I'm going to read it here this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know what? This is important we talk about. The Apostle Paul says to the church at Corinth, he says, Listen, guys, you, you need to know about this stuff. Let's not be ignorant. Let's not have our head in the sand when it comes to spiritual gifts. You know that you were Gentiles carried away onto these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you uh, that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You know, some people come into Christianity, and they've got, you know, wild pasts where they've been into other kind of mystical things. I'm telling you what, you get in here, there is some order. And I'll tell you what, the Spirit of God, He, he is not going to call Jesus accursed in any way. He's going to lead you in a path of life, Okay. You know, Jesus is like a dividing line, you know. I'm telling you what, people can believe all kinds of things, but then you say the name Jesus, it gets attention in the room, okay. People can say Buddha, people can say Mohammed, people can say all kinds of things. But you say Jesus, and it, it causes a change in the reaction of people, okay. You know, I've told this story many times, but, but being, living in Haiti, you know, uh, we had three witch doctors for neighbors, and one of them was kind of a highfalutin guy. He charged people money for the spells that he'd, you know, cast or whatever. And he was the richest guy, looked like the, the wealthiest guy in the neighborhood. Had a really nice house. It kind of was kind of a white uh, cement, but it sparkled. And it had a big fence around it with all cement uh, patio in, in there when you drove through the fence. And he was very clean. He'd always stand in his yard or in his... his uh, beyond his gate by this, the courtyard, yeah, that's a good word, with a hose. He was always cleaning it. The guy, every time i drive by, he was cleaning it. And he'd always wave at me. There he is. You know, I stood out in the neighborhood because I was the only white guy. You know, one time, Dan and I were walking out in the country, and this little kid started screaming. And I thought, what's going on? And we, I found out later that the, person, the little kid had never seen a white guy before. thought I was a ghost. And... and um, yeah, I guess. Casper or something, huh? But, uh, but I remember the, 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 the witch doctor, you know, he'd, he'd always be in his courtyard cleaning it and everything. And I'd go by, he'd be like, there he is, there's, there's that white guy. They, called, they actually call me Blanc. You know, well, you know what Blanc means? It means white. So I'd walk down the street, Blanc, Blanc, Blanc. You know, so I, it took me a while to figure out what that was. But that's, that was me. And, and uh, so anyway, this, this guy, one time we had a team from Washington down. And, and uh, this pastor, was, 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 he was a go-getter, man, I tell you. He says, I want to go to a voodoo temple. So I said, well, we'll go visit our, my neighbor here. You know, he's wanting to get the guy saved. And really in the course of that team being there, we did have a voodoo. One of the, the other temples, the witch doctor did get saved. His name was George. He got saved and started coming to classes and learned some things about God. But um, this guy, I'm telling you, we sat in his courtyard. When we got there, he was kind of happy to see us, had us sit down because he was doing a, something to some other person, and he had on this big robe and everything, and he was, you know, a little bald guy, and he's like, oh, you know. Sometimes he'd blow fire out of his mouth and do these kind of things, tricks, whatever. Uh, but uh, when he came to us, you know, someone in the group said, we came to tell you about Jesus. And just the mention of that name, a guy didn't know much English anymore than I knew much of what his language was. But he heard that name Jesus, and it threw him into a frenzy. And he, he was, I, I didn't understand every word he said, but I got, I got the drift. 
He wanted us to go. And he did not want us to touch him. He held back. He got back with his hands up. was like, don't touch me and get out of here. Every time I drove by after that, whenever I saw him out in the yard, courtyard cleaning his, his cement and everything, he'd always look the other way. He wouldn't look at me. Now, you know, some people get offended at the name of Jesus. You know, you can't please every person. And, you know, if you try to go through life being a people pleaser, you'll be frustrated and sad, okay? Because you can't please every person. Now, don't be mean. Be nice. But but any case, stand for what you believe. So, when it comes to the realm of Holy Spirit, we know this, that he's going he's gonna to glorify Jesus, okay? Paul goes on in verse 4, he says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So Paul's going to talk about manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And he says, listen, guys, all these things, they might have different applications and different ways they come out, but it's the Spirit of God doing all of them. And, And, you know, I'll jump ahead and say this right now. As we talk about gifts of the Spirit in today and in the coming weeks, don't make the mistake of glorifying gifts Instead, glorify Holy Ghost. Don't seek after gifts. Seek the giver of gifts. Seek Holy Spirit. Get to know Him. You know, gifts of the Spirit, just off this this one verse we read here, they're given to each one of us. They're given for a reason. They're given to profit for all. Don't get weird. Don't think all kinds of things that aren't really Bible But know this, that Holy Spirit is in our life to be a helper. You know, don't get all spooky natural. You know, this is supernatural, but it's not spooky natural, okay? You know, when the Holy Spirit manifests things through you, you know, you're still you, okay? You're still you. And you don't have to act like somebody you saw on TV. You can be you. In fact, I think one of the best ways for the gifts of the Spirit to manifest through a person are in a way that it seems so natural that nobody gets like, wow, wow. They go, afterwards they go, oh my, that was God. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Don't try to be somebody you're not. Be you and allow Holy Spirit to work through you, okay? I mean... Honestly, you know, a lot of times when I'm preaching, gifts of the Spirit will manifest, and I don't even, sometimes I recognize it, and sometimes I don't. But it's not like I, all of a sudden, the octave of my voice goes up, no, that must have been God. No, God will talk right through you when you're just talking normal, okay? All right, anyway, let's go back to it. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. I'm going to read through it. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. 
but one and the, self, and the same Spirit work all these things, distributing to each one individually as He will. Now, I tossed about doing this, but I decided I'm going to just tell it to you this way. When you talk about the things that Paul laid out here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about manifestations of the Spirit, now again, don't do your best not to put Holy Spirit in a box I think a mistake that we can make sometimes is, is we get so analytical and so, so mind-focused in all of this. What was that? Was that a word of knowledge or was that a word of wisdom? Well, no, just think this. Holy Spirit is working. Paul gives us definition of these things so that we can learn and recognize, but not to get all hung up on, okay? Let's get hung up on Holy Spirit. Let's get hung up on Him and let's, let's learn about Him and let's, let's just allow Him to work through us. But let me tell you this, there are basically, you could divide the things that Paul lays out here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 into three different areas. And in each of these three areas, there's three, three gifts that he talks about. The first one is, is revelation gifts. And what revelation gifts are, are gifts that reveal something. Okay? They reveal something. And the, the ones that he's talking about here that are revelation gifts are the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and, and the discerning of spirits, okay? What are they? All three of those things reveal something. All of the gifts of the Spirit are supernatural, okay? They're not natural. If one of them is natural, they're all natural. But if one of them is supernatural, they're all supernatural. These are things that are beyond us as humans. These are things that Holy Spirit came to do to help us. To help us what? To help us live lives to help us run our race, to help us finish our course, to help us be effective in the, the roles that God has called us in in this earth. Okay? You guys with me? The second one that I'm going to say is this, this, this group. It's called the power gifts. The power gifts are gifts that do something. Okay? So the first one was revelation gifts. What are they? They're gifts that reveal something. And the second group, all of these, again, are the same spirit, are power gifts, and they're gifts that do something. And the power gifts are the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gift of healing. Okay? Gifts of healing. Praise the Lord. Did I say that right? Yep. Gifts of healing. Okay. So all three of those gifts are gifts that do something. They manifest something, you know, again, supernatural. How many would, would agree that when it's called a working of miracles, that it would have to be supernatural? Or why would we even call it a working of miracles? But again, these are all Holy Spirit working through everyday, normal people like you and me. You know, as we talk about these things, can I, can I say this? This is something that I know the Lord impressed to me. As we talk about gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit, Holy Spirit's interacting through us, they're going to happen in church, but primarily, I believe these are going to happen in everyday life, okay? Some people try to relegate all this stuff off to happening on a Sunday morning, but I'm telling you what, as I look through the Bible, and we're going to look through the Word in some different scenarios here of these gifts being operational, they happened in everyday life. They happened on the job. They happened in the home. They happened, you know, I, I look back at my life, 
Some of the biggest miracles I've seen happen have been just in my own home. You know, especially when, when I had kids. Because, you know, Dana and I don't go roller skating in the basement with, with appliance cardboard boxes over our heads. We haven't done that lately, so we haven't fallen and broken our arm. Where gifts of healing and, and really miracles, working of miracles had to take place. Somebody I know has, okay? But I won't mention any names this morning. But, but these things happen, they work in the home, okay? Third group is inspirational gifts. These are gifts that say something, okay? We have the revelation gifts, they reveal something. We have the power gifts, they do something. And then we have the inspirational gifts that say something. The three uh, inspirational gifts are prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, in this course, at some point, we're going to talk about tongues, you know, and, and Paul talks about uh, these, these here in, in, in relation to these manifestations of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, Paul does more talking about these particular gifts than he does just about any gift. And you know why? Because they're the easiest ones for you and I to mess up. When it comes to the working of a miracle, I can't mess that up. I gotta let God just work through me. But when it comes to speaking a prophecy, I could mess that up. I can get in the way. I remember some, one time, we had a woman who's now gone on to heaven and she was, a, she was just a champion. I remember she stood up to give a prophecy in church, and then like in a couple words in, she just sat down, she says, oh, I missed it, she didn't have it. I thought, wow, that's so cool, that was just refreshing, <laughs> you, know? you know what, don't get all hung up with that, that's why Paul gave instruction on these things, because he knew he was dealing with human beings, and, and, and just because some, someone of us mess it up, doesn't take anything away from Holy Spirit, he's God, and he works through us. Did the disciples ever get goof up with Jesus? Thank God for Peter. He gives me hope. Okay? It didn't take anything away from Jesus. It didn't say, well, did you see that knucklehead, what he did? You know, who, how can Jesus be the Son of God? No, that's not true at all. I'll tell you what, he was magnified. As a matter of fact, after Jesus was ascended into heaven, that's what they said. They saw Peter and John talking and they said, man, who are these, 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 these fishermen? They're unlearned, but I know this, they were with Jesus. They were with Jesus. Something happens when you're with Jesus. Something happens when you spend time with Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.